Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and you're listening to the PowerCat Post Game Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to this special edition of the PowerCat Post Game Review Podcast. Isn't it even special when you do it every road game? We've had three night road games with the Kansas State Wildcats so far this season. And we've had to follow up on the following Monday or so with Brian Hanley, our football analyst, to help us with a second post-game review podcast because they're a little bit too hectic to get done on the road. Too many challenges. Tim Fitzgerald here back at home in my GPC studios. And Brian Hanley, our football analyst, he played offensive line for K-State in 97 and 98. And boy, was he so good at it. And now he helps us out with these podcasts. Folks, go check out his social media, Big B, Big B Podcast. You can find him all over the place. His TikToks of Make It Make Sense are pretty darn good. Brian Hanley volunteered to drive across the Metroplex to get to us in North Fort Worth on a Sunday morning. And I texted him in the fourth quarter and said, uh, we're not, no, 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 you're not making the drive after this. We will follow up again because these work pretty well. It offers me a better chance to even evaluate, particularly when I'm doing it early Sunday morning. I had Deuce Vaughn's yardage wrong. I had uh, a transfer linebacker school wrong. I called uh, Dante Barnett, Lamar Chapman, which are two completely different generations of K-State football. (laughs) Um, So I wasn't in my sharpest on Sunday morning leaving Fort Worth, but we made it back safely. And here we are with Brian. Brian, I appreciate it so much that you made time on this Monday evening to get with us. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Reminder, everyone, we're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf, who is reaping these bonus podcasts in like a gold mine because they're getting more than they paid for. And that's what you get from Caddyshack Golf. How's that? That's just that was just beautiful. <laughs> Make sure you check out everything at Caddyshack Golf. They've got, I think it's called their club collection going right now. And that is some sweet stuff. Get on over to Caddyshack Golf to check that out. It's Caddy with two T's. Use code GPC on your next order for free shipping. Brian, just give me your overall thoughts after K-State's 38-28 loss at TCU on Saturday night. A very frustrating night as the Wildcats saw a 28-10 lead just disappear. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I had a lot of emotions, and I was really emotional right after the game. Uh, I was sitting with a couple of guys, you know, Joe Gordon and Aaron Lockett were watching the game. and But, you know, taking a step back, I think I'm more disappointed uh, because I thought K-State, and we were talking about it, 
we had a chance to literally put our thumb on them. And in my opinion, we could have ended the game. And we literally didn't do it. And then the injury bug started and it was just downhill. And I'm like, oh my good, I can't believe that this is happening. So I think I'm more on I guess I was more on disbelief. Yeah. On Saturday night more than anything. And now I'm just really disappointed because it's an opportunity squandered. It really was. It was a disappointment is just a and disbelief are perfect ways to describe what happened Saturday night because things were rolling and there was almost a euphoric high after you realized, oh, holy cow, Will Howard is a much better quarterback. He's the real deal. It's 28 to 10, getting the ball back one more time, at least before halftime, punch this in and probably the TCU crowd and team punch out for the night if it's 35 to 10. And then they didn't even try. And that's what I felt no. like. I need to go back and watch that. I still haven't. I, I needed to decompress no. from it. That last possession of the first half, even Coach Kleiman said, boy, that was a missed opportunity. The, you're right. They didn't try, Fitz. They literally didn't try. The, I remember it just uh, plain as day. The first sequence, we throw a swing pass, you know, a little wide receiver swing pass, and we're thinking, well, that's as good as a run, as good as a sweep. Okay, fine. Now we got to throw the football because we literally are attacking them, and they can't stop us. And we didn't didn't throw the football. And I just, I don't know. It was just disheartening to say the least that we didn't even try. I mean, again, outthinking ourselves third and eight, we had just stopped them, you know, on, on fourth down, they were trying to go for it to get back in the game. We had just stopped them. Here we are third and eight and we're outthinking ourselves running a quarterback. Draw. I'm like, throw the ball, yeah. man. What are we doing? It's just, and from then, the momentum completely shifted, and it just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to. I'll be upset again if I, I keep just rambling on. Yeah, I oh. mean, Sonny Dykes executed the back-to-back possessions perfectly. Right, let's get the ball yes. back. Let's score a touchdown. We get the ball to start second half, score a touchdown. And that even didn't make up the deficit, but it sure did change the momentum. I'm, I'm kind of on a campaign right now. Uh, I've been talking a lot about how Nebraska fans treated Adrian Martinez and then lo and behold, I, I see a lot of K-State fans um, not attacking players because of the quality of their play as much as, you know, the disappointment over it, kind of personally attacking because they didn't play well. And, and I find that just so incredibly disappointing. In this case, I'm talking about kicker Chris Tennant, who I think we all agree has to perform better than that. Chris would agree with that. You can't miss those field goals, but to personally attack him is unfortunate. So I don't want people personally attacking anyone, but holding them accountable is fine, and particularly for coaches. If it's fair, I'm into it, and I'm going to say this. Colin Klein is the student of Bill Snyder, and Bill was an incredible um just he helped football evolve what he did with Michael Bishop changed football forever and uh, he could certainly reinvent his team when needed but by the time Colin encountered him in part two of his career he'd become very conservative and I feel like Colin has picked up those conservative traits Colin was not conservative on Will Howard's first four possessions he was running plays that I had never seen him call before at least I'm not familiar with them and Will was putting the ball in tighter spaces than we've seen the quarterback Adrian Martinez attempt to do 
so far this season, and it was working. It wouldn't always work, but it was working in this case. And then he stopped. And I kind of feel like in even in 2012 and certainly in 1995, a 28-10 first half lead is probably going to win you the game 99% of the time. But I also have seen Bill Snyder do this to Oklahoma State and Iowa State when they build a big lead in the first half, and then he finds something that works and just wears them out. Um, you can't get conservative these days. You can't get reckless. I mean, I no. I saw Mike Gundy the week before with a lead, and instead of kind of managing it, they were still running hurry up, giving TCU plenty of time to run their offense and come back. You've got to find an in-between. But I'll say this about Garrett Riley, brother of Lincoln Riley, who is the offensive coordinator at TCU. What he calls is the same aggressive offense on the first possession and even to the towards the end of the game when they were managing the lead. He does not let up off the gas. He's all nope. gas. And while that can pay a price at sometimes in the first half of a game, there's never a time to let up off the gas. No, absolutely not. You, I mean, you cannot let off the gas in college football today. There's too many possessions. Teams go too fast. Uh, I've said it once on here. I'll say it a million times. It's still kids with emotions. You just cannot let off the gas. And we did it. And we did it to our own detriment, and there was no reason for it. I can see if, you know, we had stumbled or, you know, they they had stopped us a couple of times. You know what? Let's just try to run the ball to get in the hat. That wasn't the case. We just scored four touchdowns in a row. I mean, what are we doing? I couldn't, I just literally couldn't believe what was going, what we did on that drive. And then in the second half, it was, I mean, we just, now granted, I know there were some injuries, but we just completely just put it in the, okay, we're just trying to get to the finish line and you can't be that way. Um, And as far as attacking players, you know me, I've said it a hundred times. I'm not attacking kids. Even though they get paid now, you know, with NIL deals, you're not attacking kids. I'm not going to be attacking kids, but I will hold them accountable. And as far as the place kicking, if you can't make those field goals, then you can't be the place kicker at at Kansas State. I mean, it's just, that's just a fact. But as far as fans attacking kids, and again, I know fan is short for fanatic, but we got to have better, more class than that, to be honest. I mean, you can't just be attacking people personally. Attack their play. I'm 100% for that because I'm going to do it. But don't attack the film. And there's a huge difference. You know, I'm watching Chris Tennant warm up. The kid's got a leg. I'm telling you what, people don't appreciate how big and powerful. This is an athlete. And with that wind at his back um, at Amon G. Carter Stadium, which the wind was something else, um, he was drilling a 60-yarder in pregame. And and they're moving him around. It's not the same angle every time, but they keep backing him up as kickers do in pregame, five yards at a time. And he's burying every one of them drilling them. I mean, put just powering them down the field. And Brandon gets in the game and he, he tries to steer the ball. He, he pops yep. it up and tries to steer it. And on a windy night, if you're steering the ball, there's a good chance you're going to miss unless you're darn lucky it blows it through. And and that's exactly what happened. The, the, he, he left the one short, which it, it was into a howling wind and it was a, a, 
a kick out of circumstance. You just lost your number two quarterback. You don't want to put your number three in on a fourth and one. Let's try to get three points. It didn't work. But the one with the wind at his back, um, he he didn't even hit that thing. I mean, he was no. he was putting that thing in the net in pregame, and then he pops it up and just tries to get it through the. It's frustrating to watch, um, and because yeah. I know he's a better kicker than what he's showing. Yeah, and but it happens. I mean, if it's between the ears, and you know, it gets in your head, you got to do something. And but you, just to put it bluntly, you have to make those kicks. And you're one hundred percent right. He is a much better kicker than that, much better. But at the same time, when the lights come on, you got to be able to perform, and you got to do it consistently. And I, it's just like if a, if a guy can't block, you don't put him on the field. Right. If the guy can't make the kicks. You can't have them out there. Well, let's move to blocking. What did you think of the offensive line on Saturday? They got whipped. Yep, I thought so. <laughs> I mean, they did just, just flat out. They got whipped. You know, we couldn't run the football. We had a couple of things, you know, really early, but we couldn't. And I don't know Deuce got loose, you know, and he did for a long run. But for the most part, we couldn't run the football, which also was why the passing game was working because they were going to take away the run. I think teams have just kind of settled in on you're not going to run the football on us. And I, I just I think that is the MO of every defense from here moving forward. You're not going to run it. But you should be able to get something, and we couldn't. We just couldn't do it consistently. I thought the offensive line got whipped. They, they did. They they got physically and athletic out. They got out athletic by TCU as well. Their guys were running all over the field. We couldn't get them. We couldn't keep them in front of us, which is kind of a you know TCU's thing. They you know they have sometimes smaller linemen that run around. Um, but I don't know. They they just they whipped us up front. They did. They absolutely did. And um, TCU is the best team K State's seen. And maybe you know the the stats aren't lying. They're the best team in the Big Twelve. I find that a little bit shocking that Sonny Dykes encountered that much talent when he took over for Gary Patterson. But that's apparently what's happened. Um, and Max Duggan's playing at an extremely high level. K State's running stats from Saturday night. They ran the ball thirty times for one hundred and fifty eight yards. They did average five point three a carry, which uh, is impressive in the fact that they found their moments and they didn't do it with physical line. They did it with the that option read over and over, whether yeah. it was Adrian Martinez on that first play of the game going for 19 yards or Will Howard running the ball nine times later in the game. They used a lot of misdirection to kind of deceive the TCU defense. In fact, one of Will Howard's option reads is just beautiful. I mean, he, the, the safety is just staring at Deuce Vaughn as Will Howard runs past him. Um, Deuce only carried the ball 12 times for a total of 83 yards. He had a long of 47, as you mentioned. So uh, more than half of it was on on that one play, but Deuce is limited and uh, he is yeah. one of the many walking wounded for this team. He's got a lower extremity problem. We're not sure exactly what it is, but you could see him gimp off the field on occasion. DJ Giddens came in, carried the ball four times for seven yards. He wasn't very effective in this one for the first time this year. They need to milk everything they can get out of Deuce Vaughn without breaking him down. And that's a, that's a tough balance, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, you, you could tell that, you know, even on his long run, 
he didn't have quite the acceleration, you know, uh, and pull away. I, I just, I, I just believe uh, obviously something's wrong, but one of the things that can help the offensive line has got to be able to help, you know, it's going to be a tough balance, keeping Deuce healthy the rest of the year without him completely breaking down. So you got to limit what he does. I don't, I don't want to say limit. You have to monitor what we're doing. And, but some of that is, we just should just run the ball downhill. And, you know, we're doing a lot of side-to-side stuff. I think running just off tackle can sometimes eliminate some of those things because, look, when especially when they're keen on or a lot of play action, because they're keen on dudes, just run the ball downhill. Don't go side to side because a lot of times there's nobody blocking in front of them. Get a fullback in front of them and and see do do his thing that way. You know, change it up a little bit because it's just like you said. I mean, he's he's limited, and if he's going to be limited, then let's use him to the best of our ability. And I don't think going side to side without lead blockers is that that's the best thing when the guy's dinged up. It, it, just in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know how you keep this team pieced together with all the injuries Ooh. right now. We'll get into that on the second half of this bonus episode of the Post Game Review Podcast right after this break. I am Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of GoPowerCat.com and with me is, of course, the one and only former Kansas State offensive lineman, Mr. Brian Hanley. He is our GPC football analyst and we'll be right back. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, the leaders in K-State sports coverage. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Kansas State's Felix and Yudike Uzama. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast, your road trip bonus edition as we join Brian Hanley here. I'm back in the GPC studios. It's good to be home. I'm glad to be home for back-to-back weeks. Oklahoma State and Texas are coming in, and I am joined by Brian Hanley. Of course, we're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Make sure you get over to caddyshackgolf.com. That's caddy with two Ts. Put in code GPC for your next order. Really cool fall weather stuff, and uh, they have their club collection you need to go check out brian this team is really beaten up and i've covered a lot of k-state football um that means i'm old and uh 
It's always been the issue with Kansas State and other programs like it. You can't get enough top-shelf guys to build a three-deep, sometimes not even to build a full two-deep. And, and I went back to the story on the, the pre- or post-game podcast I, I did with Cole Carmody down in uh, Fort Worth that I go back to that 2012 season when K-State went to Baylor in a huge game and they had to play without Ty Zimmerman, and they put you know freshman Dante Barnett out there and Dante's one of the great safeties in K-State history, but he wasn't ready on that day. And in most programs, like if he had been at Oklahoma, he's an Oklahoma native, he probably would have been a third-string guy as a freshman. They would have had some five-star kid that, you know, was was able to run around and be a great athlete. They just don't have the athletes. When you're developing players, it means you're getting, bluntly put, a player a step or notch below other programs are getting, but they will develop and be their equals. They're just not there at a young age. And that's been the ongoing issue for Kansas State. And here we are. You're seeing dramatic drop-offs at times when players go into positions when, uh, you know, a guy like Daniel Deuce Green gets injured and, uh, you know, Nick Allen's a very good player, but then Nick gets dinged up and pretty soon you're, you're at a sophomore walk on that has hardly played instead of having the experience doing an older backup. It's, it's, it's frustrating to watch. I, I know Chris Kleiman is trying to address it in recruiting. The transfer portals made it even more challenging, but boy, there's so much truth to next man up. But I also want to point out that even in the NFL, you lose a key player. There's a reason the guy's his backup. He's not as good. I mean, it's just the reality of any sports. It's hard to overcome, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just what you said. Guys start and play the majority of downs and the majority of snaps for a reason. You know, it's not because they're not the best player. You know, this is not peewee football where somebody's dad is the coach. This is, you know, people's jobs are on the line for these coaches. So, you know, they're going to put the best player out there regardless. That's what they're going to do. And, you know, it it just, we can sit here and harp and harp and harp all we want on the recruiting. It's getting better, you know. But we have to understand of where it was and where it started when Coach Kleiman got here. I mean, nobody wants to talk about that. I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, but we know where the recruiting was when he got here. So he's having to build upon that and and basically reestablish some relationships places, which I think he's doing a good job of, but we're just not there. We're just not there. And it's like you said, when a key guy goes down, I mean, there's going to be a drop off. I mean, it's tough having a, a you know, a, a solid 22 when you don't have the recruiting and you don't have the player. It's just tough. And we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I truly believe that. You know, I've been one in the past to be critical of the recruiting because it wasn't up to snuff, but I believe that it's getting better. But as of right this second, it's just we are where we are. And, you know, next man up can be the next man up, but with some programs, and it's not just K-State. K-State is not the only school, you know, that that suffers from this type of an issue. Um, I know it it doesn't mean anything because we're K-State fans and we love them, but, you know, we're not the only school that suffers from this. And it's just going to be tough, man. It it, it just really is. And it's disappointing because – the season that I and it's still out in front of us. I don't want people to think that you know it's all over with the shouting because it isn't. But 
with, you know, the way that it's going right now, I mean, when it, it just makes it really difficult, Fitz. It just does. Yep. We know that Ben Sennett may be doubtful for this game. We still don't know the severity of his, it looked like another elbow injury. He's dislocated an elbow or two in the past. Um, 9 a.m., Adrian Martinez, he's going to, I know he'll try to play, but boy, I've had what I believe he has, and this is my buck 50 doctor analysis. I think he's got a bruised kneecap. Um, yeah. I've had that. It's very painful. Um, and the biggest issue is you kind of get swelling in there and your kneecap doesn't float quite right and it catches and it's irritating and it is painful. Um, he is gimping around. I've seen some outlandish crap about he's fixing games. Just shut up, fans. Just some of you need to yeah. shut up. Um, he, he barely walked into the Iowa State post game and he hobbled out of the uh, TCU post game, I believe, with his parents at his side. Um, so he really wanted to play that game with them in town, but um, there'll be some guys missing on Saturday. I'm, I'm well aware of that. Um, but, you know, this K-State team held a lead at halftime, even though they gave up the late touchdown, they were still up 28-17. I asked the folks at Wabash Station to give me some uh, good questions for you, and our friend K-Ned did some little research here. I'm going to trust his numbers here. Check this out. Excluding the COVID year, which I appreciate he excluded because that was a weird year. Kleiman is 12-15-6 uh in the third quarter winning the third quarter okay he gets shut mm-hmm. out in the third quarter 40% of the time and most of those are when he's leading at halftime he is 6 and 7 in games in which he doesn't score in the third quarter that's a shocking stat yet he is yeah. 13 and 0 when leading or tied at half and scoring at least 3 points in the third quarter we're not talking oh, wow. a touchdown or two touchdowns. We're talking three points, minimal scoring the third if he's leading or tied at halftime. Man, the third quarter is always important, but those numbers, I don't know if they've got an analytics department up there in the veneer complex. <laughs> K-Ned just did some basic analytics. That is pretty shocking. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I'm not going to come down too hard, but at the same, that is literally all coaching right because if you can't i mean because it's all halftime adjustments and it's they're making other teams are making them and we're not making any this is not i mean you can't just okay this is what we did at the first half it worked the other team is going to adjust they're not going to just let you continue to do that so we have to make adjustments too and it's like we get into something and then we wait too long to make the adjustments it's just that's coaching I mean, you you got to be able to adjust on the fly, man, and and we don't do that, and that's crazy numbers. I mean, I'm gonna like I said, I'll take his word for it, but if that's the case, yeah, we we have to have to do a much better job. We have to. He also notes that uh, when they do score, when they're down at half, they typically score in the third quarter, which tells me it does really come down to how aggressive. Yes, it's 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 absolutely crazy. Um, what was your this is an off the wall question but I love it I and I've never asked you this what was your relationship and is your relationship with Bill Snyder I mean I, I was I mean I came in as a junior college guy um I came in specifically to play left guard they had an opening they they kind of had the line set so I was that guy that they 
they took from Coffeyville. They were extremely honest with me and told me it's your position to lose. And that was before I even signed with them. They didn't recruit another guy. Um, I came in and that's, um, you know, and, and that turned out to be true. And so I earned a job and, you know, I didn't have the greatest relationship, but it wasn't that I had a horrible one. It's just, you know, you're left guard. How often are you dealing with the head coach on a day-to-day basis? Well, you know, and as long as you're not getting in a ton of trouble, I right. mean, more if you're a, a bad guy, I mean, if you, that's right. If, that's right. if you were out smoking and drinking every night and blowing assignments, you would have met Bill right. a lot of times. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and you know, I, I'm not saying I was a guy that went to every class and, and we got in trouble for that. I wasn't a guy that, you know, was a saint, but I never, I wasn't going out getting in trouble or anything like that. I had a good time in college. So, but yeah, I don't have a great relationship now, I guess, because I'm not really around yeah. as much. Um, but I don't have a bad one. I mean, if he sees me, saw me last year, saw me this year, he knew exactly who I was, shook my hand, we talked. So yeah, yeah, our relationship is, is, I guess is, it is as good as it can be with a guy that played 25 years ago as a left guard. I, I, <laughs> you know, I guess that's the answer. Yeah. Uh, he, he amazes me. He, he has his moments, but boy, he's still pretty sharp. It's kind of yeah, yes. every time I see him. Um, this K-State team, I, I've been calling this the proving ground, and they failed their first test, but it was a road test. And I, I think if you stop and think about this season and this team, um, yeah, they're 3-1, and one, but they're also 2-1 and one on the road. So they're, they're kind of ahead of schedule in many ways. But boy, if they want to be in the conversation for Arlington, this is it. They, they better yep. defend the fort for two weeks in a row against Oklahoma State and Texas. Yep, they got to do it. If, if we're trying to do, to do the things that we want to do, and the, look, the conference is wide open. I mean, wide open. But you got to win this week and you got to win next week because everything is right out in front of us. Uh, it's going to be tough because uh, Oklahoma State is good. I mean, they are. They're, they're a good football team. Uh, TCU... I, I think Oklahoma State kind of gave them the game. Now, TCU took it and won when they got their opportunity, but Oklahoma State had that football game won at TCU. They had it won and gave it away. And we're going to have to go take this football game from them. I think we got some of the things that, that are, you know, capable of doing that. Um, so, but you're right. We're going to have to defend our home turf. Texas is good too. I, I like to laugh and make fun of them that, you know, they lost the game the other day, but again, they were right in it, right to literally to the very end. So it's going to be, a, obviously all the games are going to be tough, but these, these next two are really going to be tough football games and we got to put our best foot forward. Hopefully guys get a little bit healthier and, you know, it just, it's going to be tough, but I think, I think we can still put our best foot forward, but it was just going to be tough. And health stinks. It just stinks that that's a part of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just I stinks. I agree. And, you know, I, I feel for these kids. They, they work so hard. And, and yes. then you see them get injured and um, either miss the game or, and you know this, it, it's not fun playing injured. Uh, nope. You know, I mean, uh, they're they're more hurt than injured. It, it's painful. It it uh doesn't function quite as well, whether it's an ankle or a knee or a shoulder, but you can go, but it's, it's not fun. I mean, it's, it's a grind. No, 
Well, and the thing about it is, you know, you hear these things and these horror stories about, well, guys just take shots and they can't feel anything. And sometimes that can be true, whether we want to talk about that or not. The problem with that is, is that you feel pain like in your shoulder or your knee or ankle so that you don't move that direction. That's why you feel the pain. When you can't feel it, you're doing all those things you may not recover for three or four days because your body is saying, why are you moving this way? You should be feeling this pain. And when you can't feel it, you continue to do it. That's what is the problem with, you know, playing hurt and playing injured and things of that nature. That's where the problem comes in It's because you don't recover until Thursday. Well, then you got to play again on Saturday. Well, it's a problem, you know, and and you're right. It's no fun playing hurt because you can't do all the things that you know that you can do, but you're physically not able to do it. And it's so frustrating, just so frustrating. I don't think I've ever seen a game where uh, more guys walked past us like we were up in a corner at Carter Stadium and right below us is where K-State came in and out of the locker room and it was on the opposite side of their sideline which is kind of odd but I have never seen that many guys during the course of a game live action go into the locker room guy after guy and on top of that the only two times we had stoppages in play for Kansas State were Ben Sennett and Will Howard, everyone else was able to get off the field on their own power. So it was right. all like shoulders and soft tissue and, you know, like Julius Brent's pulling a hamstring in coverage. And, you know, he tweaked it in the first half and then kind of let it go further in the second half for it on a TCU touchdown. Just all those things. And someone's asked about the strength and conditioning staff. Are these things that fall under their their area of expertise if you're getting a bunch of soft tissue stuff? Now, if it's a concussion, that has nothing to do with it. If it's a, a knee, a fluke thing, or a guy landing on you and it's a shoulder like what happened to Will Howard, that's, that's just football. But soft tissue stuff, is that a strength the conditioning thing i mean it can be it, it absolutely can be i mean you've seen it i've seen it on, on basketball teams where guys just constantly you know pulling hamstrings and you're like are they warming up are they stretching or whatever it is so i guess technically it can be but i don't know sometimes when the injury bug hits it doesn't matter it's just if you've been relatively healthy then things happen, man. I, I I don't want to put any blame on health right. stuff on anybody. I know you're not asking me that, but I, I think it, it, it can be, I guess is a good answer. I just don't think it is. I just think, you know what? You've been healthy. Well, this is football. And instead of getting an injury here or injury there, we got a whole bunch of them all in a game. And yeah. I, just like you, I've never seen that many. It's crazy. It was unbelievable. It was literally like someone put a hex on them um, because they just started dropping. I mean, we didn't even notice Adrian was hurt. He, he I think right. it had to have happened on the first play. And uh, then he went back to pass on the third play. And I don't think his his leg held up trying to throw the football. And that's when he knew it was because it was way off the mark with that pass. Um, so yeah. I think that's when he knew. But it was very, very strange. And just a reminder to everyone, Brian uh, has been on plenty of basketball teams. He was a high-level basketball recruit. <laughs> he was the first ever power point guard in K-State or in uh, college basketball history. Um, and uh, So, Brian, I, I, I appreciate you making time for us because uh, yeah. fans wanted to have an ex-player's perspective on this. And when you're beaten up and banged and coming off a loss, 
it's tough to get back up for the next game, isn't it? You, it's hard Absolutely. to wipe that slate clean. Um, I, I would say it's it's easier to wipe it clean if it's a win or a loss, but when your body's barking at you on top of that, it just kind of lingers. Well, that's the problem. It's one thing, and we talk about it, and Coach Snyder was a master at it. Don't let one week beat you the next week. Yeah. Okay, great. But when your body's beat up, it's like – Okay, great. I don't want to, but I can't do anything. You know, I can't go out there and, and practice and get better. I can't go out there and be rah-rah when I literally can't physically go do the things that I know I'm capable of doing. And the other team, they see that. The other, your teammates, they see it. They see you struggling, you know, and they may be struggling. I mean, you know, we're at this time of the year where everybody's kind of beat up a little bit anyway, but, you know, they, they see it and it, it can fester and you got to get ahead of it. You got to get in front of it. And I think the coaching staff will do a good job of that, but you got to get in front of it because, you know, it's, it's tough. It's just tough. And again, these are not professionals. And I know that, that, that a lot of guys get paid money to, to do this type of stuff. Now I get that, but they're not professionals. They're still kids and kids' minds and their attitudes are different than if you're, you're a professional and you have a mortgage and you have a mortgage. You know, it just, just and you have real bills. It's just different. And, you know, and getting up and getting down, your emotions play a heck of a lot more in college than they do professional. I never played professional, but a, my best friend played professional for 10 years. I know plenty of guys, and they will be the first to tell you it is not the same emotionally for a pro football game as it is for a college game. Nope. So the emotion part of it is it's, it, it's difficult. Especially when you're hurt, it just makes it difficult. Now, it can be done, so I don't want to sound like Debbie Downer here. Like, it can't be done and the season's over. It can be done. It's just going to take some work. And you really have to lean on the coaching this week. Yep. Really have to lean on the coaching this week. Well, the good news is, if you want to say this is good news, I feel for them too. Oklahoma State's really beaten up as they come into Manhattan. The ninth-ranked yeah. Cowboys, the 22nd-ranked Wildcats, 2.30 p.m. The game is on Fox, so it's national television. It's an interesting week in the conference. Virtually every game is a toss-up. I think every game is uh, a two-point or less spread which is astonishing. TCU at West Virginia, Oklahoma at Iowa State, and Baylor at Tech. As Texas and Kansas rest, and Texas, of course, will be in here next week for the Wildcats. And as we found out, an off week doesn't always mean you're going to get fully healthy. Um, and, and and again, I saw fans upset that they were so unhealthy coming out of a off week. Folks, it, it takes longer than a week to heal some of these things. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's football. And, and again, I get it. Fans are mad, but you've got to fester it and do it the right way. But, I mean, injuries are injuries, man. And if every injury was just a week, then, okay, that would be great. But every injury isn't just a week. Some of them are season-ending. Some of them are six weeks. The ones that are the worst are the ones, the high ankle sprain, that you think is going to be four to six weeks. You come back and play, and it never gets right. It just, you're never right. Or the hamstring pull that you do that never gets right. You're good enough to play, but you can't go full speed. Right. It's just, we just have to understand that and deal with it. And everybody's going to deal with it. Maybe not to the extent that we are right this second, Jiminy Christmas, but everybody deals with it. Uh, it's a, it really is a survival 
of the fittest. Uh, and hopefully guys are well enough that we can put a good showing and go win this football game Saturday. Absolutely. Agree with you 100%. I will talk to you on Wednesday, sir, as we reconvene for a pregame podcast that will appear Saturday, excuse me, geez, Thursday at Go Powercat. I've got a pulled brain, by the way. It's like a high ankle sprain, <laughs> but above the neck. Uh, Brian, I appreciate it so much. No problem. Thank you. That's it for this edition of the Powercat Postgame Review, a bonus episode. We hope you will join us again on Thursday for the pregame podcast. And, of course, we'll have the questions podcast in between then and now as we bring you numerous podcasts throughout the week at GoPowerCat.com. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.